0: Eleanor Mills was 34, a woman to look round at, but with a lively mind as well as a fetching face and figure. She'd come from a large, poor family, and longing to escape from it, while still a child she'd married a dim, much older man. Now he was doing the job of sexton at the rector's church. That gives you an idea, a measure of his status. They two children, Charlotte, who was sixteen, pert and pretty, and Daniel, eleven, too young to reckon with. Mrs Mills, no doubt at all, was devoted to her children, particularly Charlotte, who was Mum's staunch ally in the Cold War between Mum and her husband. But Eleanor, quite innocently, quite innocently in the first place, she released her pent-up frustrations through the church. She was devout. Mind, you can be that and still be a woman. She had a sweet soprano voice and was a leader of the choir. And she adored the rector, adored him to distraction. I don't know how long, if at all, he resisted the temptation. But a time came when he adored her equally. They poured it out in their letters to each other, Letters they mostly left secreted in the church, to be found and read and treasured, and preserved. Darling, what a gay gypsy
1: you were this afternoon. I could not wait until tonight to see you. Darling, the choir is singing hymns, and I love to listen. And I know your dear voice singing out those lovely words.
2: I have the greatest of all blessings, a noble man, deep, true and eternal love. My heart is his. My life is his. All I have is his. Poor as my body is, I am his forever.
1: Dear, dear, darling heart of mine. My thoughts and feelings have been too full to put into words. Can I meet you tomorrow, our road at 2 p.m.? We can have the afternoon together. I just want to hold you. Oh, dearest, love me hard. Love me harder than ever.
2: Darling, my life is nothing except that I have all your love. This is why I never get discouraged or discontented if I'm not blessed with material things. I have the greatest gift and blessing.
1: Our road at 2.30 on Friday. Now, dearest, what patience we have had. But that agony will be forgotten when I look into those dear eyes again. To see you, hold you, crush you and pour my burning kisses on your dear body. To have known such love, as we have known, is to know God. Oh,
2: honey, I am fiery today, burning, flaming love. It seems ages since I saw my babykin's body and kissed every bit of you.
0: Not great literature, perhaps. Love letters, real love letters, seldom are. But you could hardly get a franker expression of physical desire or a clearer indication that it had been met. Can you imagine this sort of thing and all it represents? Can you imagine it going on for years without anyone else knowing? Even if nobody ever came upon their letters? Even if nobody saw them and put two and two together, as they sat in the park or strolled out in the country? Even if Miss Opie, the Mills's next-door neighbour who had a telephone, which the Millses hadn't, even if Miss Opie, against all female instincts, had never let slip a hint, had never breathed a word about the part her telephone played as go-between. Actually the rector and Mrs. Mills, it was almost the hottest piece of gossip in New Brunswick. Not much of a surprise, probably then, for Mrs. Hall, When, during the afternoon of Thursday, September the fourteenth, nineteen twenty-two, she picked up the rectory phone.